morning, everyone. My name is Adam. So glad that you are here. We are in a series now called Reset with the start of the new year. Maybe you're thinking about some of the changes that you want to be making in your life. And some of us might wish that there was something called a reset button where we could just press that button and start things off with a fresh start. Maybe you want to hit the reset with your relationship with God. And this is honestly something that I want for my life. In small group this last week, we were talking about the biggest lessons that God taught us over the course of 2022. And one of the biggest lessons that God taught me was to just prioritize my relationship with him above all else. Not just read my Bible, not just pray, but to read my Bible and pray so that I can get to know God on a deeper level and cultivate a passion for him. Because where I found myself in 2022 is just doing a lot of things for God, being busy, serving God, and doing all really good things. But when it's not connected to a deep relationship with God, it's, it's kind of exhausting. And I forget the real reason of why I'm serving God to begin with. And so for this next year, something that I'm currently really working on is just cultivating a desire and a passion for God above all else in my life. Maybe you can relate to that. Some of you come to church like once a week, but that's about all your connection with God is, and you don't really read the Bible throughout the rest of the week. Others of you, you're in a small group. You're reading the Bible, and you're praying, but even though you're doing all of those things, it might feel like a routine, and you don't really feel like you're growing closer to God, and it might even feel a little bit forced. Others of you, this could be the closest that you've ever been to God in your walk with him, and you're excited about that, and you're just thinking about how you can keep up this forward momentum. I just want to give all of us a little bit of time right now to just reflect in our hearts about where we're really at in our relationship with God and how close we are to him. As you came into the service this morning, you should have gotten one of these little handouts and a pen, and if you want to pull that out now, You'll see there's a little scale at the top and a question. This last week in student ministry, all the students were given something called a year in review, where they were asked a bunch of questions for them to process about 2022 and then talk about it in their small groups. And this is one of the questions that we talked about and I think is fitting for this morning. Describe your relationship with God overall during the last year using the scale below. Over the course of the last year, overall, do you think you moved closer into a deeper relationship with God, or did you kind of backtrack in your relationship with him? And as you can see, in the center of that scale, there is no number five. And that's not because I made a typo or something like that. That actually was intentional because there's no such thing as just coasting in our relationship with God. Either we're growing closer to him or we're drifting further away from him, but there's no riding the fence. And if we think that we're just kind of coasting along, then the reality is we're probably drifting further away from God. And that's a slow fade that sometimes we don't even see happening when we're in it. But wherever you're at in your relationship with God, whether it's a two or a nine, wherever, my hope for us this morning is that we would just have a boost in our passion and our desire for God. 
In this whole series, we're talking about changes and becoming more like Jesus. And last week, we talked about how we can only make changes through the power of the Holy Spirit working in our lives. And I think that true change in our lives and becoming more like Jesus comes from that pathway of cultivating a deep relationship with God and seeking Him. That change doesn't come from just making some external fixes. It's not about just reading the Bible more, praying more, just for the sake of doing those things. That can maybe give us results, but only short term. What we all need more than anything else is a deep and passionate relationship with God. And so what I want to start out with this morning is by turning to a passage in Revelation that just kind of gives us a snapshot of heaven and God being worshipped by angels and saints. Because what I want to do for us is just start us out thinking about how amazing and how awesome God is and how worthy he is of our devotion and us seeking him. So if you'd like to follow along with me, I'll be in Revelation chapter 4 in the last part of verse 8. We also have it up here on the screen. It's talking about the angels here. It says, day and night, they never stop saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Whenever the living creatures give glory, honor, and thanks to him who sits on the throne and who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and worship him who lives forever and ever. They lay their crowns before the throne and say, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. When I read this passage, I just kind of walk away from it thinking, this is the kind of worship that God deserves. And I, in my day-to-day life, I feel like I can only give God like a fraction of that kind of worship and admiration that he deserves. And these angels and these saints are glorifying God, praising him for his holiness and his work of creation because they have such a high view of who God is. And I just think about what if we were all just teleported up to heaven, and we could be in the presence of God, I think we would all just fall to our knees and we behold the splendor of how awesome God is and just be overwhelmed with our understanding of him. But so often in our day-to-day lives, I think our thoughts of God are pretty underwhelming. And we can even just go through a day without thinking about God and who he is, or even when we do think about God, we don't think about his glory and his splendor and everything that he really is. And God is worthy of our worship because of his holiness and his work of creation. To be holy means to be set apart. God is completely set apart from the rest of creation. I mean, all of creation has come from God. He is all-powerful. He is above all things. He is morally perfect. He's the standard for perfection. And we, as people, are sinful, broken people compared to the holiness of God. 
I don't know if you've ever read the Old Testament before, like the first half of the Bible before the time of Jesus. If you have, you've probably come across a lot of Old Testament laws, some rules that God gave the Israelite people. Where you're like, what is that all about? That God gave the Israelite people uh, some rules about staying pure. Like if they were to touch a dead body, whether it's from a person or an animal or even a flow of blood, then they were declared unclean and they had to go through this period of waiting or a period of cleansing. And all of that was just to remind the people that the holiness of God and impurity doesn't mix. And in the Old Testament days, in the temple of God, there was this room in the temple called the Holy of Holies. It was this room where the presence of God dwelt. And only the high priests were allowed to go into the Holy of Holies. And they only did it once a year. And before they could go into the Holy of Holies, they had to sacrifice a bull so that the blood of that bull could cover up their sins before they entered the presence of God. And all of that was a reminder to them that the holiness of God and the sinfulness of man, it doesn't mix. And today, we don't have to go through rituals for cleansing ourselves. We don't have to sacrifice animals for covering up our sins. But that is because of the work of Jesus. And all of us who place our faith in Jesus are purified by Jesus. And it's the blood of Jesus that covers up our sin so that we can have a close relationship with a holy God. And God is worthy of worship because of his holiness, that he is so distinct and other than us. God is also worthy of worship because of his work of creation and sometimes I just take for granted how big and how awesome God's work of creation really is. This last week, I was thinking about the size of the earth. And just for fun, I Googled how long it would take to walk around the entire earth and found out that if you walk at a rate of three miles an hour nonstop, so that means no sleeping, no taking breaks, it would take almost a year to walk around the entire earth. So the earth is pretty big. But then this is what blows my mind even more, is the size of the earth compared to our sun. And you could fit the earth 330,000 times into the sun. So that's pretty big, and God just breathed that into existence. But it doesn't even stop there. This next slide shows us the size of our sun compared to these stars that is our earth, or our sun, I mean, at the end of that arrow. It just looks like a little pixel compared to those stars. And for lack of a better way of putting it, God is so much bigger than those stars. He just spoke that into existence. And if this is the handiwork of God that we can see in this life now, just imagine what heaven will be like. God's creation isn't just impressive because of its size, but even the intricate detail that we see in so many different aspects and creatures. I recently came across um, some information about a jellyfish known as the immortal jellyfish. Here's a picture of it right here. Now, this jellyfish blows my mind. 
And it has its name because it does not die of old age. If this jellyfish is getting old or it's starving or it's got some kind of disease or something like that, actually what happens is it reverts to a younger version of itself and then produces a clone of itself. It's kind of like a butterfly turning back into a caterpillar and turning back into a butterfly. So awesome, and God engineered it that way. And all of this just brings us to the question, all right, what does this mean for us? God is holy. He's creative. He's so awesome. What difference does that make in our lives? And a few hundred years ago, a whole council of theologians gathered together to kind of answer that question from the Bible. They wanted to know, what is the purpose of humanity? What's the purpose of our lives? And as a summary of what they were reading in the Bible, they came up with the conclusion that our purpose in life is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. All of us were created to live lives of worship to God in whatever it is that we do and living in obedience to him and to seek him, to love him, and to have this close relationship with him where we can just enjoy his presence. And this is something that we have to look forward to in eternity, but we don't have to wait until we are in heaven before we can draw near to a close relationship with God. And I wanted to paint a picture of just how holy and how awesome God is so that we can appreciate for a moment the fact that God would still communicate to us through his word. Divine God, a holy God, cares about us and has some things to say to us and so that we can get to know him better and live the way that he has called us to live. In the very center of our Bibles, there's this book called Psalms, and it's full of poems and songs about God. And the longest of all of the Psalms is one, is, um, Psalm 119, and it is all about just the, the author's desire to seek God, to read his word, and to live it out in his life. Now, that's the psalm that we have written on the handout here. It's so long that if we were to read it from start to finish, it would probably take up the rest of our service time. And so we're just going to focus on the first two sections. But as I read through it, I just want to encourage you to get out your handout, get out a pen, and just be circling and underlining some of these things that stand out to you. You'll probably see over and over again ideas of seeking the heart of God or his desire to obey God or rejoicing and following after him and meditating on God. And uh, we'll just go ahead and read it together and talk about some observations from this passage. So in verse 1, it says, Blessed are those whose ways are blameless, who walk according to the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his statutes and seek him with all their heart. They do no wrong, but follow his ways. You have laid down precepts that are to be fully obeyed. Oh, that my ways were steadfast in obeying your decrees. Then I would not be put to shame when I consider all your commands. I will praise you with an upright heart as I learn your righteous laws. I will obey your decrees. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. 
I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips I recount all the laws that come from your mouth. I rejoice in following your statutes as one rejoices in great riches. I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. When I read this passage, my overall impression is just like, wow, the guy writing this is really passionate about God, seeking God and desiring God. It even makes me a little bit guilty about the way that I approach God sometimes. Like I'll read my Bible in the morning and sometimes it just feels like a routine or something to do. And I miss that hunger and that passion for connecting to God through his word. There were two times in this passage where the writer gives this idea of seeking God with all of his heart. I think this is the idea of making God the highest priority in his life. Instead of just doing things that you think need to be done and busy with work, and make that your first priority, and then fitting in free time with God with the leftover time. It's this idea of first and foremost seeking God, and then everything else that needs to be done in life can fall into place after that. And I know this is so hard to do. It even seems irresponsible at times. A lesson that I learned in just being married for the last few months is just on this whole idea of quality time. I realized that there is a disconnect between the way that I view quality time and the way that my wife views quality time. I figured if we're in the same room together spending any amount of time, that's quality time. And there was, there was even a moment this summer where Gabby had vertigo. And so she was like vomiting. She was nauseous. She was a wreck. And I spent like the whole day with her. I even drove her to the emergency room. And I was like, this counts as a date, right? <laughs> she did not think it was funny. So for my wife, quality time is leaving the house, going to a destination, and creating time to talk and connect with each other. And pretty early on in our relationship, she was telling me her need for these kind of dates. I was like, I am so busy with work and life and things around the house. We cannot go on that many dates. We just don't have time for it. And what I realized is I had carried over this mindset that I had in my single days into my marriage. This mindset I had in my single days was that work and responsibilities come first, and then you can do fun things in the free time. And I just kind of lumped dates into that category of free time, where it's like, I got to focus on all of these responsibilities, and if we have time left over, then we can go on a date. And after Gabby teaching me that lesson for many times, that just doesn't cut it, I finally started to prioritize going on dates with my wife, even when there was other things going on, busyness in life, work, and other responsibilities. I've been working on making that a priority for my marriage, and I know that my relationship with Gabby would not be where it is right now if I hadn't made her time with her like that a priority. I just wonder sometimes how that compares to our relationship with God, where we're busy with work, family responsibilities, life, 
And those are all legitimate things. Like, I'm not going to say that those things are not important. It is important. But sometimes we prioritize that above God and we think we'll just give God our leftover time. And our relationship with God one year from now is going to be determined by the decisions that we make today and tomorrow and the next day. And whether or not we're going to make it a priority to connect with him and grow in a relationship with him. The other thing that really stood out to me in this passage is over and over again, the writer says that he rejoices in following God's laws. That's not something that we hear too often. Somebody saying, I love to follow rules. It's like somebody saying, I love vegetables. You're like, what's wrong with you? But it's not that it's easy for him to just obey God, but he sees the value in obeying God and living the way that God has called him to live. And there's so many people who think that if we just obey everything that God says for us to do in the Bible, that we're just putting ourselves in a box and we're living a confined life that just steals our joy and happiness. But there could be nothing further from the truth. The reality following God's word leads to a life of freedom. And I know so many people who are just following their happiness is the highest pursuit in their life at any cost. And those are some of the most unhappy people that I know because this world just sells us so many empty promises of what can make us happy. But when it doesn't fall in line with what God's word says, it just leads us to brokenness and awful consequences. I'm sure you, all of us here this morning can think of more than one time where we wanted to do something or we wanted something that God tells us that we shouldn't have or we shouldn't do. And we're like, you know what? I just want to do this anyways. And we did it. And we experienced the negative consequences of following our own ways instead of following God's instructions. And there's times when I'll read the Bible and I come to some kind of command and it's like, oh, I really don't want to do that. Or from a worldly perspective, it doesn't even seem like a good idea. Like, this situation that I'm in, it might be different. But when we come to a crossroads like that, I think we need to remember that God knows so much better than us how to live our lives. I mean, God is the Holy One, the one who has created this entire universe, the one who set the laws of nature in motion. He knows better how to live than I do. And I just need to submit myself to him and follow his instructions for life. And it's, my, my hope for us is that our takeaway this morning is just how awesome God is and that we would have this desire to seek him and not just go through the motions of reading the Bible, not just go through the motions of praying through a list of things or going to small group because that's what the church says to do but all of those things as a means to an end, a way to connect with God, grow in a relationship with him, the kind of relationship that God created you to have with him. And so as we wrap things up, I just want to walk us through three application questions. And that's what we have on the back of the handout here. First question is, what do I need to start doing in order to spend more quality time with God? Maybe for you, it's carving out 
that time to connect with God, whether it's in the morning or before you go to bed, and doing that before you do other things. Or maybe your starting point is just to figure out like where you're going to start reading in the Bible, or if you're going to do a devotion plan. There's so many plans out there, like read the Bible in a year, or we have the one-month uh, devotion plans at the Welcome Center. You can grab one of those. Something else that we're doing that's a little bit different is using the YouVersion Bible app to put together a group plan that all of us can sign up for and be a part of together. And we have a sign-up for that at the small groups table or at the Welcome Center if you're interested in something like that. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what you're doing. It doesn't matter if you use this on-track or this 30-day plan. It doesn't matter if you just pick a book of the Bible and read that. What really matters is just drawing close to God and growing in a relationship with Him. Now, the second question on our handout is, what do I need to stop doing in order to spend more quality time with God? Maybe that means not checking your emails first thing in the morning or waiting until you've done your devotion time before scrolling through social media or something like that. Maybe it's a matter of prioritizing time. Maybe it's something different in your life. And I just want to give you some time now to just kind of reflect on, on what God might be telling you you need to stop doing in order to connect with him better. And then the last question is in what way do I need to be more obedient to God? I think this is the question that all of us should ask ourselves when we read God's word. Because information doesn't make a difference in our lives unless we allow it to change us. And it's just having that heart attitude of God's ways are best. He, he tells us the way that we can live and do we have this heart attitude of wanting to follow that and live it out in our lives? And it could be that something that's holding you back right now from a close relationship with God is just some area of disobedience in your life. And so you can take a moment to write that down. And what we're going to do next is I'm going to close out in prayer. And then the worship team is going to come up and play the closing song and as that song is playing, I just want to give all of us the opportunity to come forward, whether it's to this part of the stage here or off to the sides, and just pray. There's going to be a team of people who would love to pray with you. You can pray with them. You can ask them for prayer. Or you can just pray by yourself in your heart. Whatever it is in your life, maybe there's been some hard things that you're walking through and you just need to give it up to the control of God through prayer. Or maybe you're not as close to God as you want to be and you want to have a, a reset and draw close to God and you're just coming to that point this morning of asking God to, to grow um, you in, his, in your walk with him. And so after that, you'll be dismissed. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, you are such an awesome God. You are so holy and amazing. And so often, I know I'm guilty of not having that perspective of who you are. and Just kind of getting caught up in the busyness of life. And God, I ask that you would just raise all of our views of who you are. Just, just help us to, to see you 
more accurately. That's really what it comes down to. You are holy and awesome and splendid. And we're just asking for an accurate understanding of all that you are. And I ask that when we focus on who you are, that it would lead us to a desire to seek you and to have a relationship with you. And I thank you so much for what you did in sending Jesus to this earth to live the perfect life that we could never live, to die on the cross so that we could be purified of our sin and have a relationship with you. God, we don't deserve that at all. We don't even deserve to have the Bible and to know your thoughts and your words for us. And I ask that we would not lose our appreciation for that. And I ask that as we seek you, that you would do a work in our lives, grow us closer to you, and change us to become more like Jesus. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen.